This is News Talk's SSE or Tricity Lee podcast. Hope you're keeping safe and well. A very good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening from him. Kevin Doherty and me Oshin Langan you can direct your abuse or compliments to Kevin via Twitter on at KevDoc5 and you can get me on at Oshin Langan uh, FAI, FAI Congress was last weekend but Dan MacDonald of the Irish Independent who is not involved in another League of Ireland podcast I can guarantee you that for certain <laughs> he spoke to Off the Ball about that last night that's Tuesday night so if you want to get more on that you can catch up with it so we're going to skip that because quite frankly it's boring. Yeah, well, nothing seemed to come out of it anyway. Well, so that's why no it's boring. Yeah. It shouldn't be boring. They should have debated the league a bit more. They should have debated with the uh, what, what happened with the women's team a bit more. Maybe there was other stuff as well. I don't want to have a complete pop because obviously without administrators, you can't run football. You can't run any sport. You can't run anything. By and large, they all do a great job, including the FAI. But there's just... it's. <laughs> I don't know why they do this. I don't know why John Delaney isn't challenged. It's ridiculous. I actually think it's creating more headlines. I heard Dan's piece on Off the Ball last night, actually. And why can't people ask questions? Like, what would that suggest? That it's not open. Yeah, and that's not something that I want to talk about. And I've said this many times in the past. I think largely John Delaney actually does a good job, but there are a few things with the league that it's just not good enough and they need to be challenged and they need to be questioned and this doesn't seem to be the forum to do it and if you can't do it here where do you do it? Well this is it's the whole point of an AGM is to address yeah. these issues and if I mean if, if people are they're obviously well I'd be amazed if they weren't talking about the issues like again but without going all completely over what, what Dan said last night the whole Athlone, Bray St. Kevin's boys in the under 15s league all that type of stuff was like that's very important to, yeah, there's, to there's actually so much stuff that they could have debated that they didn't I didn't even mention the brain at loan situations well, there you go uh, the Dublin derby is this week Shamrock Rovers taking on Bohemians it's on Friday night it's on Air Sport their coverage has actually been fantastic on TV anyway the podcasting is shite yeah, the podcast that's a joke I'm only messing, I'm only messing. No, the, the, the podcast the, is actually excellent the, the, well the, the past, watch the Pats Bray game yeah. on that the other night and it was very good coverage was very good yeah it's really good um, this is called the Dublin derby yeah. Now, as far as I, as far as as far as I know, these are not the only two Dublin clubs in the league. No, of there's a couple more, all right. Now you haven't played for either club, but you no. still call it the Dublin Derby. You'd still well, like, give it that. Yeah, traditionally, I suppose it is. And and during my time playing Dublin derbies, probably my my first couple of years with Chelsea, but the, our main rivals would have been Pats because mm-hmm. we we're both going for the league. There was the whole. Paul Marnie affair, Charles and Babsy Livingston affair, and yeah. explain that for people who don't know, because many people listening to a podcast are quite young because yeah, they know how to work the internet. Whereas Owlies yeah. like you don't. <laughs> well, basically, I think um, at one stage, Pats were taking nine points off for uh, supposedly not uh, registering a lad called Paul Marnie um, correctly in the correct manner, and they're taking nine points off. Um, ourselves and them at the time I think it was ourselves and them shells and shells sorry yeah. and, and Pats this is going back to 2001 so my m- memories of it aren't aren't crystal clear either they were deducted nine points we went ahead of them leading up then to a big game in Tolka Park when we w- they still would have been maybe around second or third like yeah. with even with the nine points we would have been top was Nutsy in charge of Shelburne no Dermot Keeley Dermot Keeley yeah. okay uh, Pat was actually playing. We were playing the same team. All right, and Pat uh, Pat Dolan would have been in Dolan charge. Dolan would have been. And okay. he was low. It was. Do you know what? You talk about like yeah. publicity for the league and stuff. And and whenever like all the bad publicity it gets, but this was actually like I mean Keeley yeah. and and Dolan were having a go at each other in the papers. Ollie Bourne was involved. Yeah. Um, it was terrible publicity. I have to say it was terrible publicity. But it was awful. But we played Pat on yeah. the Friday. They got their nine points back. I think on the Wednesday before the match they went two points above us so we were playing them and talking on a Friday night and the place was absolutely packed and it was probably the best Dublin derby I remember playing in we beat them like so it was even better we went back above them yeah. by a point then well, well it, was, it was a Dublin derby it wasn't the Dublin derby no it's not the Dublin derby what yeah. we're going to talk about in a while but at the time it was massive massive rivalry then between the two of us they end up going on and getting deducted 15 points for not registering another player, correct? Charles and Babsy Livingston. That was him, yeah. yeah. And Ugandan guy, wasn't he? That's right, yeah. yeah he yeah. was a good player. He played Very like, good player, He, he yeah. played in, in that game. Didn't he have to retire due to a, yes. a heart Yeah, I think he did. Okay, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, but anyway, cut a long story short, they got 15 points deducted. We won the league. I'm sure there'll be Pat supporters probably saying that they won the league. They didn't because we won it. We played the Champions League the following year. And... If you want to be really pedantic about it, the last couple of games, like we went to Bowes in the last game of the season and we were beating 4 0 because we were hardly really concerned that it was over. Yeah. You know what I mean? You still hear. So if, if they had the points, would they have finished above you? On the final standings, yes. But we 
sort of sacked it off with a couple of games ago because we'd won the league by it was yeah. over you know the way and this this tends yeah. to happen in leagues all over the world like if you've, you've won the league and we're told we won the league and we did win the league and now we've a medal at home to prove we didn't win the league and we played in the Champions League okay year, I believe you you won the league oh, well, I've, had a, I've had this with a few calm past down people. I wasn't nothing against, nothing against Pats or Pats people yeah. but I've had a a uh, couple of the likes of yeah. Paulo's arm would have been. Uh, I had his son Evan at at, uh, yeah. at Shells, and he would have been saying, "Oh, my dad says we won the league." Well, ask yeah. him. Who, I should say, ask him who played in the Champions League the following year. Well, I mean, that's 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 Champions your in the Champions League, don't they? No, they do, don't they? Arsenal finished fourth how many times in Ireland? The Champions I'm ta- Ireland, okay. I'm talking about. Look who's being pedantic I'm now. now. See, see uh, I can't uh, remember you, the thought. You, you know what? Do you, you genuinely seem angry about being questioned about winning yeah, the league. Yeah, I am. Because I, like, at, at the time... God, I'm not angry now. So I'm not angry I don't now. know. You're but coming bring, across it, it does bring up memories. Yeah. And like, it's all, it, I, I've seen it a, a, a good few times about Pat's um, won the league on points. But like, if you, as I said, if you look into it properly, we didn't finish off the season. We sort of, as I said... Did it take something from winning the league? Surely it wasn't the same probably. as winning the league properly. Yeah. At the time, it Which didn't, didn't. But do. then you, you look them back and... Because I won it then. We won it the following, not the following year. Yeah. Bowes won it. So sort of the derby was with Bowes then, the following yeah. year. But then we won it the next How two How many years. times did you win the league? Three. And is that the That's lesser of the three because of the way it happened? Prob- no, I wouldn't say so because I played nearly all the games in the first, that one. And, and I played nearly all the games in yeah. the... The second one, and then the third one, I I played fifteen games when I was injured. That was the year the European run, so I mm. missed half of the season basically. But so. is there still an asterisk over the registration league that you won? <laughs> not for me, there's not. No, I've three medals at home, and I'm happy with them. They all are the same, like you know. Yeah. And at that time, what was it like to be a player and to try and n- keep things normal when things weren't normal? That's not a normal situation for a sports person. And I'm sure if you were interviewed at the time, of course, podcasting didn't exist back then. No. But on radio, if you were asked. Uh, is this a distraction? You would have said, no, we're concentrating on our football, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And you'd expect a player to say that, but surely it must have been a distraction. And surely it was something that you were focusing on, focusing on. And surely it was a big issue. It was, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think the players we really did genuinely, like we were going out to play and as I said, we were, we were, t- forget about the, the Marnie one, the, the, the one f- at the t- towards the end of the season. We were told before we played a, a game, we were playing UCD and Tolkien, we were told before the league's over, I'll just let you know. And Who like, told you that? I think Ollie came up and, and said it to us. And did you not say, well, you you know, if they've ha- already had one deduction overturned, then surely another one could be overturned God, as well. something coming back to me now just to say it. I remember Ollie getting so annoyed about, annoyed about the, the way... Yeah, it wasn't easy to annoy one. Ollie got no, messy, I know, so yeah, I did it many was, times myself. Yeah, no, look, we all did. Yeah. Um, I actually remember us having a meeting um, in the bar in Tolka, understand, and Ollie wanted to play a playoff. Well, yeah, put it to us that we play Pats in the playoff and we all said no players said no Yeah, not because we'd been beaten we'd beaten them twice they'd probably beaten us once during the season it's just that we were done like yeah. so we were done a couple of weeks before that and in fairness to Ollie and, and as you said a lot of people wouldn't be fair to Ollie on this he, he fought for Shells in every every way he, he, he could and he was yeah. that was oh, his he main was the priority. protective mother absolutely. like Shells was the uh, white haired boy that could do no wrong absolutely and he uh, yeah Absolutely, he he put it to us as players, a group of players, and I remember it well now. This is only remembering it now, mm. and we all said no, so we because we had we knew we'd taken our foot off the gas two weeks before, but as far as, as I, I don't understand how you could do that though when it could have easily have been overturned. Well, at the time we didn't think so. We do, obviously we obviously look as I said, it's sixteen years ago, two thousand and one, yeah. two thousand and two. Because um, this went to court, like this was oh, something no, was that went beyond football. This yeah, went to courts did, and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't think yeah. we'd be we'd be talking about this again fifteen, sixteen years later. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back to the the original point was, was the publicity. It did certainly make that derby a bit more yeah. intense at the time. It made it intense, but unfortunately, it really undercut the league. And publicity like that made the league look really amateur and really rinky dink. And I actually think. It's taken a long time for the league to recover because after that, you'd shells going bust, you'd buzz in their problems, you'd multiple issues. you'd And I, I just think Dundalk last year and even Cork City in Europe, they did so much to actually put all that stuff behind and it finally became football rather than, oh, League of Ireland football. That well, I'd crowd. like to think that in the, 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 run of the European run 2004 yeah. sort of maybe might have cancelled off some of that because there was an awful yeah. lot of Well, unfortunately, shells went bust yeah, afterwards well, which probably kind of... Like, yeah, I know, yeah. Which, which, um, yeah. Th- it, it, I suppose, look, it was bad publicity but 
but we're going back to the whole derby yeah. feel of games there was something really really yeah. intense and special about those derby games against Pats at the time Yeah, and this is what I'm loving about covering the league at the moment there are obvious issues but there's a bit less of oh that crowd yeah well look we've, now we've, we've a you know? couple of issues at the moment but yeah. like I know we're going to be going on to the, the Bowes Rovers one and, and the re- real Dublin Derby as, as oh. I think you were saying did you say real or did, was that me? That, that was just you there the but that's how we actually started this conversation and yeah, then we got sidetracked yeah, yeah. granted a far more scenic route than <laughs> the motorway we were on regarding the Dublin Derby and whether or not <laughs> it is a Dublin Derby or the Dublin Derby as someone who didn't play for either club are you not a bit offended that it's referred to as the Dublin Derby because I have to say obviously I'm not a dub but I get really irritated when I hear people say the Dublin Derby. It's like, no, it's not. There's like St. Pat's against Rovers, St. Pat's against Shelburne, Bulls against Shelburne. They're all Dublin Derbies. Yeah, but I don't know. If you think about what the, the the big London Derby is, probably Spurs and Arsenal, isn't it? The North, that, that, that's the North London, North London, London Derby. I know, but I, look, I've been to uh, plenty of and, Bulls and, and Rovers And that's games. because they, they're right beside each other. Like b- well, b- Bulls and Rovers, they're not a million miles away from each other. Well, either, they've either. moved around so yeah, much over the years. Yeah, well, that's it. No, but look, all you have yeah. to... God, again, I hate to be bringing up bad publicity and all. You look at the stuff that was going on off the pitch and the fighting and all that type of stuff. That was on the, the 9 o'clock news. And, like, there's this, an absolute, majorly intense rivalry there between the two clubs yeah. on the pitch and off the pitch. I've been yeah. caught up in it once myself. It brings out the idiot in a couple of fans. Uh, not, yeah. not, and I stress, not most of the fans and certainly not the clubs themselves who absolutely have nothing to do with some of the idiotic behaviour that no, has certainly, and happened. And, and, yeah. and it definitely attracts an element that don't, don't yeah. even go to watch the match. But I've spoken to, over the years, lads have played for Bowles, lads have played for Rovers. Hmm. They certainly see it as the big Dublin derby. Guys like, who've played for played multiple clubs. For, for okay. Bowles, played for or Rovers, played for both in some, case, in, in some uh, cases. And is it purely because of that intensity and, and maybe kind of hatred angle? Bit, I didn't it. want to say, I was nearly going to say yeah. that word earlier on, but I'm glad you can say it, but... Maybe, Maybe you yeah. can say it as well. You're yeah, the well, co-host well, as well. Oh, am I? Well, well, you're, 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 you're the host, actually. All right, okay. We're both the hosts. Yeah. But, uh, no, there's definitely We're like there. Marty Whelan and Sinead Kennedy on uh, Winning Streak. Well, you have the Marty moustache. What does that make me? I, I also look. have the Marty thinning hair. Of course, he did something <laughs> about it, but I won't. Anyway. Yeah, another tangent. But anyway, uh, I think that, as I said, spoke, having spoke to players from either side, it's, it's yeah. definitely... And as there is an, an intense dislike, I, I would say, yeah. between both clubs. Yeah, is it a dislike between the actual clubs themselves rather than the sets of players? Because so many players have played for both and we're actually going to hear from one of those, Roberto Lopez, um, that it is actually kind of a jealousy and a bitterness among the clubs. And is that not a sad way to build up a derby? Is that not a sad reason for rivalry? Well, no, I think that's... Look, they haven't... I think it's been a while since they sort of both were competing for the same thing. Like at the moment, Rovers are trying to get into Europe, and Bowls are after losing a couple of games, making sure that they're going to stay safe. Over over a few years, when Bowls were challenging and winning leagues, Rovers weren't really there. And then there was a brief occasion; I think they were sort of close enough. Yeah. Um. I think it was when Michael O'Neill and Rovers and and, and Pat Fennell was at at Bowls. So that would would make the 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 derby more attractive and more as a spectacle, football and spectacle. But they have intended to be over the last few years at the same end of the table a lot of the time. So. Hopefully, going forward, like if the two of them are, are are going to be in the Premier Division next year, and they will be able to play, and, and there'll be a lot a lot more at stake than just pride and all that type of stuff. There'll be actual titles and points, like to be really to go and win leagues, European places that at stake. It's a bit of a strange one, though. If your Bulls winning this derby is probably sweeter than if your Rovers, because Bulls are in a far worse place as a club financially. But if your Rovers, even if you lose it, you know you're kind of on top of Bulls anyway. Yeah, well, like, that's yeah. The the whole thing of the derby is is just yeah. beating your rivals, and you see it all over the world. They could they could finish in the bottom two or bottom four if stay up or whatever. And as long as you beat like it's Everton beating Liverpool, always trying to fi- finish against Liverpool. Yeah. But like the points are, are I think at, at this stage are equally important for both clubs. Like we're looking at Rovers getting into Europe, and we see how important the European stuff is. Even to get into it in the first place, there's the, there's the UEFA prize money, mm-hmm. and then if you if you could get a, a decent enough draw and get through around it. it uh, benefits you then going forward so and then yeah. obviously Bowes staying in the in the Premier Division is massive OK let's talk more about the Dublin Derby now one of the players who will be involved Roberto Le- Lopez hope you're well of course you moved from Bohemians to Shamrock Rovers in the close season you are a former uh, Bowes player of the season that was in 2015 I think um, is there any 
big difference in approaching this game as a Rovers player as opposed to approaching it uh, in your previous guys uh, as a Bulls player? Um, it, it's very similar now, I have to say. Obviously, there's a bit more controlled emotion like, uh, since, I've, since I've left because like, it's still early. Like, but um, I think once I went back to Daily Mount and haven't overcome that, like, it's, it's the kind of business as you, you say, it, it treated that as any other derby. Like, um, say everything about it is just kind of an adrenaline rush and they're the kind of the key factors and they just don't they don't change like is it a different approach from the Rovers side in a sense that I suppose Rovers have an expectancy on them this season and rightfully so they've played some good stuff they're looking for the European spot there's pressure on them to deliver at least a top three maybe even a top two spot whereas with Bowes you wouldn't have had that kind of pressure um, possibly yeah I think um, as I've always kind of said that when, I, when I've played uh, with bowls like that, this is really like um, the form goes out the window with these games. Like, and you say you could be doesn't matter if you're bottom of the league or top of the league. If you win this game, like it's kind of like a cup final. Like, um, like playing for Rovers, yeah, there is that expectancy to go and beat bowls like, and that we should be beating bowls. Um, but I say it's a real level at this uh, game when the with the derby that comes around, the atmosphere that it generates, and the adrenaline that both sets of players have. Roberto, how are you, Kevin? Just on the on the playing side of it now, you you've been playing centre half for the last few weeks, and we spoke to Stephen Bradley actually on the show last week, and I mentioned it to him about uh, the European game, the the home leg where you won one nil about how good I thought you were as a centre half. I know obviously you played with balls as a centre half, and but primarily in midfield, I think. But how are you enjoying uh, the move back there? You, it seems to be a little more settled midfield and a little bit of a more settled partnership now yourself and Dave Webster. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying. I'm just, I'm really enjoying playing, and I think um, I'm starting to show my strengths at, at centre half as well. Like, um, centre half and centre mid, like I'm happy to play either one. Like, um, say so as long as I'm playing, like I'm, I'm happy. Like, but no, um, I think I've really settled in back there, and I think like for the team, like it's probably better. Like, it's a better balance like through midfield, and I mean maybe have a good partnership going at the moment. Like, so it, it's just really, I think everyone's enjoying uh, the football at the moment, and we're still just clicking. Yeah, you're certainly as a team playing very well at the moment. Um, I know the European game was 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 a tough one for you, but to come back then to go straight into the Dundalk game uh, away from home, it's a long time since anybody beat them really up there. Um, to go straight back into that, you played on the Thursday, they played on the Wednesday. You must have been absolutely delighted with the with the performance, to keep a clean sheet, and and to win the game. Yeah, really well. Like obviously, we're disappointed. Like um, having been knocked out of Europe, of Europe like by um, Lander Blasov. But I think um, people underestimated what a good side they were. Like, so we took a lot of positives from that, like, and being able to put them up, especially pull up to them, especially in the second half over there. And um, I thought we really showed them um, a bit of character, like, and then kind of brought that into the game against Dundalk on Sunday. And um, to get the win, there was just really like kind of a confidence boost again, like to kind of keep the momentum going and going a bit of a run, like, and finish out the season strong. And just to go back to Kevin's point about you playing in defence rather than midfield, I remember a couple of years ago watching an interview with you actually on the Bulls website. And you said that you didn't mind the move up too much because maybe you could make a mistake or two in midfield that you wouldn't get away with in defence. Obviously, you were a younger man then and young players do make mistakes and it's how you learn. But do you feel more comfortable in defence now as a, as a slightly older player? Do you feel like you've cut those kind of mistakes out of your game? Um, well, I feel like I've definitely got a bit more experience and I've kind of I know how to handle certain situations a bit better because I've I've been in them before, like, but I to say I wouldn't say that I know everything or that I, I won't make mistakes in the future. I think it's just part of the game and, and part of your learning curve. No, but um, yeah, I think as as a player overall, like, I've, I've, I think I've got more confidence in, in my ability and kind of a bit more know how of the game, like, and and hopefully I can continue that learning. Is the difference between an inexperienced player and a more mature player, a player with a bit of experience, that even if you do make a mistake and it, it is football, mistakes happen, you can actually get over it pretty quickly you can put it behind you pretty quickly whereas as a young player maybe you might let that get you that's exactly it I remember myself when I was young and I made a mistake I thought it was the end of the world and I thought my football career was over and obviously it's not like it's kind of how you react to these mistakes and whether that be in the game like or, or in the training like during the week like it's, it's all about how you come back from these setbacks and how you react to mistakes that you're making in the game like and um, that kind of experience has kind of helped me deal with that. Like to say, like it's not the end of the world. Go and do the next thing. Like or go make a positive move. Like and you kind of you kind of have to kind of hang on to it too much. As a player who moves across the divide, if I can call it that, from Bulls to Rovers, <laughs> I guess there's there's you know you're you're maybe judged a bit harder than other players who come from other clubs. Did you find the first 
couple of weeks and months a bit tough at Rovers because you would have had, I suppose, Bulls fans giving you stick and maybe even Rovers fans saying, ah, he's not one of us, he's not a hoop. But obviously, you played your way into their hearts and now they can't deny that you are a good player. But but was that a tough period or how did that work out for you? Um, it was prob- I probably made it tougher in my head than what it, what it actually was. Like, obviously... You kind of get caught up in the whole of uh, Bowles Rovers and like how everyone's going to be on your case. Like, but I was made feel uh, very welcome by both the supporters, uh, the players, and, and the staff like at Rovers. Like, so being able to settle in like was was made very easy easy for me. And obviously, I knew the Dublin Derby what to expect. Like, you're going to get a bit of stick regardless like um, who you're playing for. Like, so I knew that was coming. Like, and once I've kind of had probably forced out of the way, like I say, it went to business as usual. Like, it's like it's another Dublin derby it's another game like, um, but I've, I've been made uh, feel really welcome here at Rovers like, so it helped me settle a lot Roberto how have you found the transition from moving to a part time set up with Bowles to a more full time set up with Rovers um, I'm loving it I have to say I think it's, it's probably one of the main reasons why I joined Like, I've always wanted to be a full time footballer and, and to have the opportunity to do it here at Rovers it's been it's been top class like I say the facilities that we have now up at Roadstone and just the kind of the the management staff that we have, like like so Stephen Bradley, McPhail, so far and, and Glenn Crown and all around there, like it's it's invaluable experience in, in the game, like and it's definitely rubbing off. And just being able to kind of uh, dedicate time to football that you, you feel it deserves, like it's it's a rare opportunity that you get, like so no, I'm loving it, I'm loving every bit of it. Yeah, and I, I suppose as well the one of the main things that we found being full under full time compared to part time was the amount of rest you actually get and, and being able to recover and the likes of yourself coming back from from uh, the game, the European game, and not having to go into work and being able to rest and, and get the feet up before you play Dundalk. I think that that's definitely one of the main factors, one of the the biggest difference in part-time teams and full-time teams because we know most part-time teams train nearly as much as the full-time teams anyway. It's, it's more the off-the-field stuff and the, maybe the support structures and the staff and the physios and masseuses, all those type of things that go along with the full-time setup. Well, that's it. Like You're kind of dedicating your whole time to it and giving like, the time that it deserves where... Whether like when I was playing um, part time, like I'd sometimes have long and, and awful days, and I'd be trying at six o'clock in the morning, and the only office at ten to six, and y- your head's just not there. Whereas, whereas now I say like if I'm not if I'm not training, I'm getting my body prepared for training or a match, or I'm doing everything possible to get myself fresh again, and and that's probably the difference. You say like in terms of training across the league, like there's probably not much difference in terms of uh, frequency and intensity, but uh, just that bit of freshness that the full time gives you, it just it kind of gives you that edge. And as Kevin has mentioned there, you were in a part-time capacity at Bohemians, which meant you had to have a job. And I guess you learn skills and you learn life skills. So how important is that? Because it's not a career that lasts forever, football. Well, not the playing side of it anyway. But how important is it to you to know that you have this set of skills built up for when the playing career end, ends? And look, you might move into coaching, but if you don't, you don't kind of have to worry. Yeah, well, it's it's invaluable to kind of get that like experience, and I'd, I'd recommend any kind of young footballer kind of starting out that not to put all their eggs in the one basket and make sure they have a different route to, to explore in football. Because you say it is a short-lived career, and um, you kind of make the most of it while you're there. Like, but you you always need something to kind of fall back on, or when it's time to hang the boots up that you can go into. Like, and to be fair, with, with this, it's a setup that I'm in now. Like, it's kind of giving me the option to kind of think about something to do when I am finished and I have that kind of free time to maybe pursue something outside of football as well. Like So um, it, it's invaluable really to kind of have that experience in another kind of um, a workplace other than, other than football. Does it give you a level-headedness as well? Because they say that even when a footballer gets old, he never gets old. John Giles says, I went into Leeds at 15, or sorry, I went into a dressing room at 15 and I left at the age of 15. Um, whereas if you've gone out into the world you maybe see it differently to lads who've only ever known football and maybe you're that bit more mature and you're not um you're not as childish, you're not as selfish, you're not a you're not all the negative things we associate a footballer being. Yeah, well that that's very true as well. I think it kinda of, kinda of grounds you as well and it makes you appreciate uh, what you have a bit more. Like I know like as a young lad when I finished school I'd done the, the FAI Force course and then I was trying the balls and I thought I had had it made like but um in truth like I knew that like I would never get a sustainable career in a in football like so I had to kind of branch out. I went through college. I I managed to get a job when I, when I finished college, and it did kind of make me appreciate that when I, when I was going training, that 
I'd give up anything just to, to be here and be just play football. Mm. Like so, when you do kind of get the opportunity for full time football, it it really is kind of like humbles you, and you just like. I can't believe I'm doing this like compared to obviously walking. Was that hard at the time? Because if you're very good at football, right? And I'm presuming that when you were 16, 17, you were in a group of lads who went off to England or you would have been considered for that and you might have thought to yourself, OK, well, I could play football full time and do this for the rest of my life. And when that doesn't happen, is it tough to kind of take that and realise, OK, I'm going to be a part time footballer? Now, obviously, now you're in full time, but I imagine as a younger man at that time, that, that was maybe a bad blow for the ego or, or tough for your pride when you see other guys doing it and you're not yeah well to, to be fair I was kind of realistic in, in my ambitions like obviously I wanted to be a footballer like from a young age like but as I got older like and I kind of seen like the pattern of, of where, where my career was kind of going I, I was realistic in it and I knew like that the League of Ireland was, was going to be a great league to play in and I was going to make the most of it like and um, it's just kind of it's being about kind of having that head as you spoke about earlier and being realistic in your goals. Like I say, if I was, if I wanted to pursue a career in England and put all my eggs into that basket, if it didn't happen, I wouldn't know where to turn to. But um, as I say, while I was playing football here, I had college around me. I could do a part-time job, and um, there was just plenty of opportunities here in Ireland to play football and walk alongside it. I think it's it's one that can be explored a bit more. Roberto, just looking forward to the game now on Friday. Um, Bowes had lost a couple of games in a row. Dinny Corgan has been scoring plenty of goals during the year, but you noticed, I'm sure you know you know him well. Izzy Akinade is back playing now, and what are you expecting from him? You would have obviously not been playing against him every day in training over the last couple of years, and he's a fantastic player and has been a, a massive miss for Bowes. Are you you're looking forward to the battle against him? Yeah, well, it's, it's, I was looking at it as it's a great boost for for them to have a player like Izzy come back. Like He's a handful, and in every sense, like I said, he doesn't give you a second on the ball. He walks his socks off, and he's got ability as well. Like I don't think he's just one of these that hustles and bustles. Like if you give him half a chance, he'll finish it, and he just keeps the fans on his toes. So like, um, I'm looking forward to relishing the battle that we'll have with him, and probably have it share a laugh or two afterwards. Like, but um, like, I don't think he can just focus on on, on himself. Like as good a player as he is, like they've got other players that can hold your balls. I think Guinea Corkin has been fine form this year, and. He's, uh, his partner Keith Ward has been kind of providing them now and showing what he can do. Like so, they've got a lot of areas that can hurt you. So we're not going to kind of um, just limit ourselves to kind of is he lacking Addy? No. Well, look as you said, you've been in good form yourselves, and you have to suppose concentrate on yourselves as well. Um, looking in, in front of you, um, the midfield trio with McAllister the other day, you've Conley, Finn in and out, um, when with injuries and stuff, and, and Conley had been in and out. They've settled enough with Graham Bork sitting in front of them and, and looking at the games I've seen these a few times. He's been fantastic so far this season. Um, his ability is second to none, but he really seems to have kicked on even in the last month or so. Yeah, Borky has been exceptional for us now. And to be fair, him and Shawzi have been have been very good together, good partnership uh, to avoid him. But Borky's got that bit of class. And I think as soon as he came in uh, the first day of training, we could all see that. It was just about kind of keep him on the pitch and getting him fit and getting his, his temperament checked and to be fair I think he's he's matured as the season has, has gone past and I think that's evident to see in his performance like he's kind of been a stand-up player and he kind of took he kind of took the reins like for us in certain games like and he's kind of like become a massive player for us and he, I think he's getting all the plaudits he deserves now Roberto Lopez thank you very much for joining us on News Talks Electricity League podcast best of luck on Friday we've heard from you today of course we'll get to see you on Friday night because the match is live on AirSport. Thank you. Thanks very much, lads. Thanks for having me. News Talks SSE or Tricity League podcast. We've talked about him a number of times, Kevin, so it was actually nice to hear from Roberto Lopez. Yeah, and he sounds a, a decent lad and certainly has his head on his shoulders. And I, I know we spoke about already about him moving back into centre-half and how much I, I think that, that will suit him. And he definitely has the, the right attitude to... to becoming a full-time professional and still having something else going on in the background it, it certainly helps Would you advise that to all young players? I mean you obviously went the route of going to England quite yeah. young and you were at Liverpool we had this conversation before but did you do your leaving? I did leaving yeah, yeah Ok yeah. so maybe you're not the best example to use No here. but I know what you mean yeah, yeah. yeah. No I, I asked God certainly yeah like when you you think about the 
the percentage of players that actually will go to the, the very top level or, or even even make a career out of the game and like I was lucky enough to have a, have a decent career over here like afterwards like but so many people come home and, and, and don't even kick a ball again so like you certainly like yeah. to, to have you need somebody there really and, and it needs to come mainly from your parents and stuff like that to to almost force it because sometimes at that age whether it's 15, 16 even up to 18 yeah. like your head is torn and the last parents thing will of, often use the excuse oh well that's what he wants to do or she wants to do I can't stop them but, yeah well yeah you can you're the yeah, parent exactly I know yeah that's what I'm saying I, I, you need a, someone strong that doesn't mean that you have yeah. to stay here and you have to do this and you have to go to college or whatever I mean yeah. As as we know about generally football, particularly in, when you're you're around force teams and you're not yeah. in the academy, you're in, finished training most of the time at half twelve or could be earlier. Something like there's an awful lot of time to do something. And if somebody is someone like uh, Roberto Lopez, there you can just get the sense off him that like he has his head screwed on. If 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 someone is is half decent at, or even if they're not, if if they're not af- academic, like there's other things that you can be doing. To, mm-hmm. Not necessarily. And I always hear this as a backup plan, but like you have some other interest outside of football as well. Yeah. Uh, did you find it hard when you realised that your life wasn't going to be all about football? I, granted, it, it, again, it was quite different because you came back and you were yeah. able to get a, a footballing job. But but even when the, the, the professional side of your playing career ended and you were a, a, a bit older. So yeah. Maybe, again, it's did I, did I, I tell you what my biggest yeah. fear was. I was My biggest fear was like, oh God, I'm gonna, I might have to, have to get a job here. Like I never worked. Is that because you hadn't had a yeah, job and you were just fearing the unknown? Yeah, and uh, and then look the way it worked out. I signed for Longford, went part time. Longford would have been the best part time team in the in the league at that mm-hmm. at that time, and I got a job then in on post as a postman, and, and that was twelve years ago nearly, and I'm still doing it, and I love it. Like you know, so I was I was delighted that I did go down that route because at the time I had just left Shells, and we spoke about them earlier on the way things went there. Yeah. There was lads that had never worked day in their life before there that were struggling to get work and I was lucky that I was able to go and do that before the shit hit the fan basically yeah and that was 2005 2006 2006 yeah start okay, 2006 so. okay, they, so. but now they they, they went, went, end up going on a win the league in 2006 yeah on the pitch was great but it was the stuff off at that uh, wasn't so good and when you're dealing with young players as you have done for example with Shelburne and I'm not asking for specific examples because it wouldn't be fair it wouldn't be right but did you find that maybe you'd get one or two young fellas coming back from England and that it was actually difficult for them to adapt to normal life? And yeah, I actually have got a couple in mind. That, you see, they've been going over to whatever whatever level it's at over there in full-time football and generally they've been the best player in their club and their team and they're going over there and they're swallowed up by this. Like There's so many better players than you there and then they come home and they could be training in coming to, to us say or another first division club or our premier division club when they look at the training ground they go Jesus Christ and their whole head is like yeah. all over the shop and this is where I don't know who I heard talking about it, someone the other day talking about stuff more stuff being needed to be to done for these type of players and I know there was different yeah. uh, stuff done the PFI were doing something Owen Ham was involved a long time ago doing stuff like when, when lads come home that's it's, right it's it's, it's yeah. it's a massive area of neglect and, and we talk about stuff that could yeah. be addressed at AGMs and stuff a lot of an awful lot yeah. of players, particularly now the way there's so many Irish yeah. players getting through in England and, and other places that there definitely needs to be some sort of help there. Right, Finn Harps, Ollie Horgan, bit of a character, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he certainly. I look, he 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 definitely brightens up the league. Anyway, himself and Paul Haggerty on the on the mm-hmm. sideline are a sight to behold. We're about to be joined by Ollie Horgan. We're just getting him on the phone as we speak. Uh, but earlier on, I put out a tweet saying, look, we're going to be talking to him. Uh, what would you ask him? We are going to put some of his questions, or some of the questions we got uh, to him. Uh, there's one interesting one from at Finley Harp, and it's one I was thinking of myself as well. Why does he play the negativity card constantly in the media? It's bound to put people off uh, attending, detracting potential sponsors. An interesting point. Also, what's the largest animal he reckons Paul Hegarty could beat in a fight? That's from at Dave underscore Lennon. I, I'm not sure I'll, we're going to get to that one. I'll give you 100 euro if you ask him that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say if we're putting a bet on this, then you'll be 100 euro richer by the end of the season. Before we get Ollie up there, um, what do you think of Finn Harps as a team? Because they can kind of fluctuate from very good results to very bad results. And you're you're never quite sure how... Yeah, they'd be a hard team to, to try and, and predict like Finn Harps. Like... They could go and they won two games in a row, then they get beaten, and then they might lose another one, and they go on different sort of streaks. And and I know there was always, as we spoke last week, I think about this, that always going up to up to Bally Buffet was always like 
a tough place to go and it's, I know it's an old cliche but it generally they generally do very well at home and, and over the last couple of years and, and even coming out of the first division that's where they've done their business and that's what's got them promoted first of all and yeah. then kept them in the division but they're, they're a decent side with decent players they've a lot of the same players that got them promoted so they're fairly settled they brought other lads through as well like a Took Ethan, Ethan Boyle from Waterford. He's played right back. He's played uh, centre midfield. He's a very good player. Obviously, we've already spoken about the likes of Paddy McCourt. Sean Houston's doing really well for them. McAleer seems to have been a revelation this year as well. So, like, they've a decent side, and I have to be honest, I, I fancy them to, to stay out of it. Okay, and we are now joined by Ollie Horgan. Ollie, how are you? Okay, Ocean. Not too bad. Ollie, we'll get into Finn Harp's season so far. We'll get into your kind of um, mantra on management. But before we do, we kind of do know you as Ollie the manager, but talk to us about Ollie the player. What kind of player were you? Useless. Absolutely <laughs> useless. <laughs> Can we move on? We can. <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I, I played. I played intermediate football. I played, played, uh, played with Family United, who I managed afterwards, and, and, and a great success on intermediate level. But, but, but that was the height of of my ability, and uh, I probably overachieved even playing in that ability. To put it that way, too. So move on to the next part. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Before we do, did, did did playing inform your management style? I mean, at what point did you think to yourself, okay, I want to manage at the top level. I want to spend my time coaching. When did that ha- happen for Ollie Horgan? I don't know. Has it, has it happened yet? To be honest with you. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really plan things like that. Um, yeah. Pushing, to be fair. I just, you know, whatever, go day by day and... Look, I've been involved many years with with with, with, with different age groups in, in 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 lots of sports, not just not just soccer. And really, one thing led to another. And no, I I, I don't really plan things out that type of way. Just whatever happens, happens, and and that's the way that's the way it progress. If if it is progress, to put it that way. Yeah, I guess as a teacher, then when they realise you have an interest in football, they'll draw you in as as a coach anyway, whether you want to or not. Is is that how it happened for you? Is that how yeah, it started? Yeah, but, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, when, when you're when you're teaching, in particular, you know, in, in physical education, that that you, you you'd be involved with a lot of different sports. And I still am, and 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 yeah, that's that's basically where my involvement would have happened many many years ago when when you went into when you went into teaching first coaching. So yeah, to be fair, that's probably the way it progressed. Um, look, uh, you know, I was involved with clubs and that as well at, at a young enough age, helping out in that. So, and that's not just with soccer. That would be a, a, in, in a number of different sports, which. Whether it has stood to me or not, I don't know. Maybe time will tell that. Like you know, yeah. we spoke at the launch of the league actually about a week before the season yeah. kicked off, and I asked you what would be a good season for Finn Harps, and you said to still be in the fight coming towards the final series of games. Now, yeah. that's where you are at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As I said, you know, the last I think our last game of the season is away to Bowes and Daly Mountain. If we could have something to play for as regards still having a chance to stay up that day, I think we'd have viewed that and, and still view that as being a success, regardless of what happens in, in that last game. But that itself will, will take a lot of a lot of improvement even to get that far. But you look it's it's a it's a serious league, a savage league from our point of view and, and it's causing difficulties obviously, not just for us but for teams around us. But look Oshin, you're trying to you're trying to think of, you know, what three teams you could finish above and that, that poses huge difficulty in trying to get one of them. Don't mind getting three of them. Ollie, how are you, Kevin? All right, Kevin, how, how are you? Are you okay. okay? Just not going back to 2015 when we, you got promoted and, and the following year, yeah, you, I think you said that if you stayed up, it would be a bigger achievement to, than, than actually getting promotion in 2015. Staying up yeah. this year with the with the new format of league next next year and, and obviously three teams down would that even surpass your yeah. what you would have thought uh, last you, year? Look, yeah, as you know, Kevin, you know, trying to get out of the first division took an awful lot of luck and uh, you know a, 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 a lot of effort as well. Uh, just maybe maybe the, the the little bit of luck went our way, you know, towards the end of the season in the playoffs as opposed to not going. Other teams' ways, as, as you know well from that division in that year, it, it was it was very difficult to win a game. Don't mind trying to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, when you went up to the Premier Division, yeah, it was it was a big achievement in staying up without doubt. You know this, what we're looking at at the moment, trying to stay up, you know, ahead of three teams, is is without doubt uh, bigger than any of those two. And to try and achieve it will take probably the same amount, if not a hell of a lot more luck than than we had in the last two years. Yeah, well, at the moment, as I said, you're you're just a bit above it, and, and it seems to be going very well. Just wanted to ask you. I was looking at the uh, your squad the last couple of weeks, and 
fair few familiar names to me. Obviously, haven't played against us that many times, and seem to be a, a, a fair. Um, it's of a settled more or less back four over the last couple of years, and he brought in a couple of experienced players. He got Barry Malloy back, and but it was just the one that really stood out was bringing Paddy McCourt in. Um, yes, we spoke about it here a couple of weeks ago about maybe. Would he have been going back to Derry? Would he have been going into the Irish League? How did you manage to convince him, or what convinced you to to, to take him in? To be, look, I mean, I don't think I don't think that the second question there probably convince anyone to yeah, take him in. Is obviously good. what you see. The, yeah. the first part of it, you know, Paddy, Paddy, more or less for personal reasons. To to be fair to him, is with us. He wants to stay near home, and and to be fair to him, you know, not just his ability in that. And I've spoken before about him. Uh, you know, he's. Probably, you know, the only man maybe that 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 could be arrogant, and he's probably the the the, the furthest from that as as possible within the group. And uh, look, you know, he contributes what he does on the pitch, which you can see, but he contributes a hell of a lot off the pitch as well. And it's been a brilliant addition, you know, not just on the pitch, probably as much off the pitch as he is on the pitch. But we've a lot of other additions there than just Paddy, and you know, he'd be the first person to tell you that. But to try and get it all right and and and, and put it together and finish above three teams. Takes a hell of a lot more than just just Paddy McCourt to put it that way to you. Occasionally, in post-match interviews and pre-match interviews, you can kind of play a negativity card and and maybe talk down what your team can do, or maybe talk down results. How do you think, or how do your players respond to that, Ollie? Because there's an old saying, or a wise old coach once said to me, players always think they're better than what they are, and if you talk them down publicly, maybe they aren't too impressed. But um, how do your players react to that? Well, you know. Maybe that's your interpretation of what I'm saying, which is fair enough. Um, look, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying as I see it. There's no point in me saying something that you know, like that 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 I think isn't true. No, you know, I, I I don't think I don't think it's 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 either helps nor nor maybe you know harmed any of our players in anything I say. I don't think they listen to me a whole lot of the time anyway. To put it that way, <laughs> so, uh, no, I, look, I call it as you see it and if, if, you know, if people, I don't have a problem with you, you know, when everyone has an opinion, yeah. if people aren't happy with it, I, I won't lose any sleep about it, to put it that way too. Yeah, well, and I'm happy enough that you're clarifying <laughs> that maybe I'm interpreting it the wrong way because if I'm doing it, then other people are doing it and if they're listening to this, maybe they'll now have a different interpretation but, like, you seem to be very, very much able to decompartmentalize, and if you have a bad result, Sweet you're able to come back and. Could you go? Could you go back a little bit with that word? <laughs> I'm gone now as yeah. well. You seem to be able to put bad results behind you very quickly, and even if you go on a bad run, you're able to pick up a good result. How do you do that? I, I don't think. I, I don't really know. I don't think anybody, you know, will know. Like I, I do think that's going to happen, and and we have to do that again. Like we went, we went this time last year. We went months without scoring. Don't mind getting a pint on board, and it looked like we could never turn the corner. And it was around this time of year we sat. I think we sat on twenty-four pints for at least eight games, if not twelve weeks. You know, when you put the cup weekends into it, and we thought it would never turn. And, and uh, we went to Sligo, I think, in a re- refix game that. I think Ralph Rathcarter missed a penalty in the last minute to win it, and and our season turned on it. You know, uh, had 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 Rath scored that, I'm not quite sure where we got out of it. But it's it's not for the lack of training on anyone's behalf on 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 the management team or the players or or the board or supporters. But it's 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 a tough league and it's it's tougher again this year. And and you know, if we go on the run like we went this time last year, there'll be no hope for us if if, if that happens again. Um, Bray away. This weekend, it's it's yeah. some will see it as winnable because of what's going on with Bray. But you seem to have indicated yourself there that you're never quite sure what you're going to get out of your team. So is it, is it hard to make a prediction or kind of give us an assessment of how you think it might go? Uh, Bray have we've played Bray twice at the start of the season, the second game in, and the the second round of games early, and they gave us a pump in both games. You know, if if with the players they have and with the players Harry has put together, if they're at themselves. You know they they have they have too much for us. There's no point in me saying anything else. We're we're hoping that we might be at ourselves and they mightn't be to try and even it up. But they bet us up there five three. That they gave us a run around in Bella Buffet. That the game was over at half time. I think they were two 0 up at half time and scored. They scored a great goal in the second half to to run out comfortable winners. Uh, look, they, they they have better players than us. Now you're, you're saying to me that that, that that I'm being negative in saying that. I'm just saying it as yeah. as I see it. You know. Maybe maybe that's my opinion, and 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 yourself and Kevin might have a different opinion, but 
you know, it was the same with Derry on Monday night. Uh, we needed to be at our best, and, and for parts of the game, we did well. But we weren't at our best in the last 20 minutes, and that's where Derry won the game and deserved to win it because they kept it at a level and, and finished out the 90 minutes at that at that decent level. We dropped in the last 15 minutes of the game, and that's where Derry won it, to be fair to them. And Bray have obviously had have had their financial issues. Now, I won't say Finn Harps have had financial issues, but what they have made clear is is that it's tough and it's it's really difficult to keep it going. And they've they've asked for support to come along and come to the games and try and give this thing a push. How difficult is it to work under circumstances where your budget is really tight and maybe you're not making what you thought you might, and and you're you know you're asking for support to to come out? It seems like it's a kind of a week to week thing. Yep. Yeah, you probably summed it up there better than I could. Uh, it's it's tough going without doubt. Uh, you know, we, we had a great support out on Monday night, both 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 with the with, with our team and with the Derry City supporters. But that's only that's only one game out of out of thirty three, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, with with a brilliant crowd there that that both in numbers and both you know as regards support for both teams. And and you know when that game was pulled when Derry were in Europe back at the start of June, of course of course it caused it caused problems. But thankfully, you know, we got a good night on Monday night, albeit uh, financially, as opposed to, you know, football-wise, as, as far as we were concerned. But like, hopefully that support can come back out and support yeah. us in the next 11 games, albeit five of them at home, because we need it. And, uh, you know, not just us, there's other clubs in the same yeah. situation. Does, does it make a difference as, to your planning when it's so public that things are so tight? I Not really. I don't think, yeah. you know, I don't think there's anybody in our club there for the love of money. Um uh, you know that that goes from 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 management to players to 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 the whole group. So you know if, if people are looking to 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 come into our club to to earn a good wage, yeah. I think they know better. But uh, you know sometimes that takes with a different type of personality of, of people that want to be there and want to be there for the right reasons. So while it is difficult to attract people without doubt, it also brings with it maybe a different type of character. That might send you when when you go into a battle, and that's what we're going into in the next next couple of months. Like we asked people to tweet in some questions for you because we said earlier on that you were coming oh, on. Uh, Mark Rodden, who is a Dublin-based journalist but who has strong Donegal connections, uh, wants to know who you in who you're inspired by management style-wise, and who maybe you base yourself on, or who maybe you've taken things from. Oh God, there's three questions for Mark. I, I can't really answer any. <laughs> As I said to you earlier on, and this, you know, I. I, I I, I, like, God, God, I, don't, I didn't really think this interview was yeah. about me, you know, it was about in the Herbsmans, but look, when I was growing up, I, I played a lot of different sports, and, you know, it, it was, you know, here in Galway, like, is, is where we grew up, where there was, you know, I played a lot of soccer with, with Sardell Devon, and, and indeed, you know, at, at, at college there, I played a lot of Gaelic, and, and indeed Hurling, although I was useless at Hurling as well. well that makes two of us. Good men, huh? That makes two of us. All right, okay, oh, shit, that's right, yeah, okay, but... <laughs> You know, there's a lot of good men that, that went down to, to manage at, at maybe county level in, in GEA that, 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 you know, you'd have played under. And indeed, a lot of good men in, in, in Salford Devon in particular that, 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 that would have helped out. And they're actually, some of them still involved with the club. But no, look, I, I don't, I just, whatever I pick up, I pick up. You know, I think I picked up some bad habits along the way as well. So I won't be blaming them people for that, you know. Yeah. Ollie, listen, really appreciate your time. Best of luck for the rest of the season. And uh, best of luck, especially this Friday night on the seaside in Bray. Great. Thanks, Oshin. Thanks, Kevin. All the best, All right, bye. bye, lads. It is News Talks SSE or Tristy Lee podcast. Oshin and Kevin still with you. Um, obviously, Kevin, I can't go a podcast without talking about Cork City or something Cork City related. Shawnee Maguire off the bench for Preston in his debut in a friendly and he only goes and scores against Burnley. Yeah, well, that's the way he's been playing all year. It's hardly surprising, is it? Um, I saw the goal, actually. It was very good. Typical Sean Maguire. Like, he looks... Got at the defender, took him away and then just finished a good cool finish look it's a friendly it's a pre-season friendly but they're playing against Premier League team in Burnley like so you know I'm sure there's been questions asked by some people how can he step up can he step up to a higher level but he's not just scoring there against the Premier League team like so it's, it's, it's certainly a good start I know it's a friendly but that first goal is actually a big boost because strikers are all about confidence and their confidence comes from goals yeah and look I, I, um, I don't know if he, if he looks on the only seen the reaction on, on Twitter and social media and stuff like that from Preston supporters and everyone like he'll do for me like the type of stuff you know it's if he went like even three or four games in pre-season without scoring I'm sure he there could be some element of self-doubt how could I how am I able to do this but he's literally gone in and within coming off I don't know how long it was he was on the pitch by the time he scored but 
It was a great yeah. start for him. Unfortunately for Kevin O'Connor, he's been overshadowed on all of this because he's not a striker. And John Coffey, that's Coffey, what happens. It's the nature of it, yeah. isn't it? But I think he made his debut as well. Yeah, I didn't know, to be honest. No, he did. Yeah. He came on, but like, obviously Sean, uh, Sean McGuire scoring a goal is, yeah. is going to grab whatever headlines now. But I, I think, look, again, we said it before, O'Connor will do well there. He's a really, really good player. But it's the nature of football is that the, the lads scoring goals always get the headlines. Actually, as a manager, have you ever had to deal with that situation? Because I imagine players get jealous or do they just accept oh. it strikers get the attention and that's no that. I don't think so well, look no? if, if, if you're if you're centre forward scoring loads of goals you tend to be winning games and yeah. any teams that I played in or managed if the centre forward was doing really well I, I, nothing but delight and happiness because ultimately it was going to benefit me in the long run you would have had Crow, Burn, Gagan would you have played Gagan, with Stephen Gagan yeah Gagan? yeah yeah, yeah. are you Gagan. that old I'm 37 like you now, played now. with Stephen Gagan he finished he would have finished maybe 2003 or four, yeah. four which, which he I played him when he was so, like okay but my point is is you would have played with him yeah. so you played with superstar strikers how, yeah. d- how did you find it as a defender I loved watching him I, funny yeah. I remember goalie scored down in Cork and I don't like it but just I've, to I've let it go yeah. unlike no, you and the short. registration oh, league yeah, forget about that for now um, he he was a Gayo was a, just an unbelievable finisher like passed stuff into the net like and then yeah. Jason came in and Obviously, took over sort of what he did, and, and some would even think went one better. But he scored more goals. But but uh, as a natural finisher and mm. just a, uh, I don't know how to wily like you know the old fox in the box thing. Like, but really, really, just it was. And there was never there. any jealousy within the dressing no, room of him no, getting all the all. attention. No, you were just so long as he was doing I his job. I couldn't care less. Yeah, and and were the strikers just different? Were they a bit cockier? Were they a bit? Oh. No, I don't think so. You have to You're ruining all my cliched views of football. Well, here, maybe Kev. it's in in some leagues and some teams they are, yeah. but certainly not at that time. Not cocky. And, and God, if you yeah. if you knew Gago, he's the most down to earth fella in one that I know. You know, did, did he ever enjoy being an icon? I don't. I mean, know. He kind of was. Like, oh, mean, he was. Yeah, he was. Even before I started following the league, I knew about Stephen Gagan. Yeah, yeah. Know? I think it was the tash and all. I think he. Yeah. Uh, made him look a bit. Did he groom know, that or something? Not that I know. If he used to, uh, I had a few. <laughs> We had a few uh, string vests and that type of stuff walking around. We were in. <laughs> I remember we were in uh, Cyprus on on the pre-season for a week, and yeah, I remember you going wow. around the string vest and the and the slippers. But uh, I was a character gago, and look, he. Uh, I think he's actually been doing a little bit of work with shells. Um, the last one, yeah. he he, own brought him in to do a little bit with the, but uh, the strikers. I think to do a little bit, but then they could do a lot worse than learn off him. He could probably still play. He was never what you'd call. A guy who was blessed with pace, or was he? Again, is this just the image that I now, have? No, I I only played him towards yeah. the end of his like career when he was he had yeah. maybe I like could two be or three years. Wrong in that, by the well, way. earlier on, yeah. I, I I presume he was he was like he was still sharp and nippy, like you know yeah. you wouldn't be banging balls in behind from to, to run after. But maybe earlier in his career, I'm sure people will be able to tell us that uh, he was that type of player. But he was an unbelievable player. Yeah, just unbelievable. W- a really good ball user. Yeah, yeah, he could hold it up. Yeah torn players he boy and he'd be in centre half of years like I never actually played against him I played with him for the few years but I never actually played against him and I'd say he'd have been in your ear the whole time he was just that type he was a great fella to, to be playing with how bad was the sledging in the League of Ireland not too bad yeah yeah what was no. the worst you heard oh god I don't I don't know I, I the <laughs> depends on what you what you call worst the worst attempt of sledging I ever heard was when David Crawley called John Frost Frosty the Snowman I just don't know why that's coming into my head but that was the worst attempt that's that the most I PG-13 sledging exactly. I've ever heard that's in my what life that's the worst attempt um, now I, I God I don't know I remember actually yeah. thinking back to we were playing Cork and, and Jason Bourne I think I was marking Alan Bennett from a corner and I don't know why we were just pushing each other whatever it was and I remember Jason coming over and giving ice to Brutal, he's after scoring. No, I think he did score. No, geez, he's been he scored an own goal from his own half against yeah. Shamrock Rovers once. Did, did you say Alan Bennett? Yeah, Alan Bennett, you know, yeah, those, yeah. yeah. Um, but but in the, in the game that we were playing, I, I remember him having a right pop at him. But no, I don't think the thing about the, yeah. the league was everyone knew each other so well, and yeah, like there'd be a bit of there'd be slagging and stuff, but nothing, nothing major. Yeah. I don't think. In fairness to Benno, he went on to have an all right career. He did after all right that, for himself, yeah. Still he doing so unlucky. The image of that goal I have in my head is that he was on the uh, Derry Nan side of the ground, and that he he was trying to play it back and maybe he just slipped and got under the ball and it went in from just inside his own half or the opposition half I don't, I, I don't actually even remember it, to be honest uh, yeah, Benno will not forgive me for bringing that up but look, no but uh, look he's 
As, yeah, I, I think he's more than proved himself more, since. And, oh, and, and, and even then, he was a good player. Just one of these really unfortunate yeah, things. Yeah, and, and we haven't really spoke about it, but he was badly missed for, for Cork in the, yeah. in the European thing. He was, actually, because he yeah. could have won a couple of those set pieces. Definitely. The one area where they looked like they had Larnica. Definitely. I, I, I totally... And even the... Even the, the the manner of the goal that they they conceded out yeah. there, I think the two goals they conceded yeah. across the two. How frustrating was it that they actually did look like they might have been able to create the chances, but it just didn't quite happen. There wasn't a major, massive difference yeah. in quality between the two teams. I didn't think people are saying oh they were well beaten. I don't think. I think things certain things could have changed it. Like they should have had a penalty at one stage. I yeah. know they were one down, but like that's an away goal, and you might pile out of pressure on or whatever but yeah. it was disappointing the goal and I definitely think that Bennett would have for the for, for the goal they conceded yeah. over there would have had them out cl- closing the ball a bit quicker like I think Kevin O'Connor ran past maybe one or two players to, to, to try and close it down but little things where the organisation where Conor yeah. McCormick was in there and he's been brilliant for Cork yeah. but the uh, um, experienced centre half would have been getting them pushed up a bit, bit quicker Yeah and I think John has Said it that Connor is very much a make weight in there, and and what a make weight. Oh, Sorry, been makeshift, sh- makeshift, makeshift player, player, not a make weight. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not a full time solution for that role. But, but they've had injuries, and Alan was out, and that, as you say, a huge loss. Yeah. Have we kind of found exactly where we're at European wise? Because I would say Dundalk massively overachieved last yeah. year, and that's a massive compliment to them. They did wonderfully well, and even this year, people say, "Oh, you know, we didn't get much out of Europe this year." I totally disagree. They went toe-to-toe with Rosenberg, who completely out-resourced them. It's ridiculous to even compare the two clubs. And the fact that Dundalk got as close as they did is a huge compliment to them. It says an awful lot about them. And it's just so frustrating that they were a lick of paint away from getting through. Yeah, and and don't forget that, like, a few years ago, I don't think any other team got through around, like Cork got through, uh, Rovers got through. Dundalk, as we said, or as you said, come up against Rosenberg and like look look back to the Dave McMillan header if to go two up over there would have been like you know and they missed chances at home and as you said totally out resourced by Rosenberg and to stand out to them and go to extra time and be unlucky to go out like you know yeah. that's just unfortunately I thought when the, when the draw did come I thought it could have been it was a tough yeah. one and then they were very unlucky in the end we saw Dundalk lose last weekend. I think we can put that down to fatigue because the nature of their game was, was draining. Yeah, well, it was the extra time as well. Yeah, exactly. How difficult is it when you come back from Europe and for Dundalk, you're trying to motivate yourself by catching Cork City, which they're plain and simply not going yeah, to do. For Cork happen, City, yeah. I guess they can motivate themselves by winning the league and they hadn't been to the group stages. So maybe they're not kind of judging themselves off previous attempts. But if you're if you're Dundalk and, and maybe even Shamrock Rovers, who as a club did it recently... yeah. Are you kind of looking and thinking oh, this lot again, Bulls, or this lot well, again? Whoever Dundalk are playing this weekend, like, like I, I, we, I saw we play them all the time. Yeah. We've done this. What's you know? Is and it hard to really motivate yourself? And they've yourself? done it three times in a row. Yeah. And like they obviously got further in Europe. And Stephen Kenny said something somewhere about going back to Bloody Oriel Park or something like that. And it might be like you know, oh, look where this is where we should be. This is the stage we should be on all the time. And it is hard to, and again, I don't want to be on all the way back, but I remember my very first involvement when I came back to the league was um, in the UEFA Cup with, with Shelbourne against Bromby. And we went over to play Bromby. I'd, I'd never even had, it was the first, it was literally our first game of the season. And I was on the bench, and then we came back, played in Bromby, good crowd, they beat us 2 0. Came back then, and we were playing Monaghan away, our first game of the season. And there was cows, like, looking, I'm not joking, like, and I was like, oh my God, how's this going? How to yeah. get yourself for this now? And. It can be a massive difference in going away to these massive stadiums, and I suppose Bromby would be similar to Rosenborg at the yeah. time. And then you're trying to motivate yourself, yeah, for 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 teams you've already beaten, and you know you're better you're than them you four times, five times, six times. It's gonna be worse next year. And you know you're not proving yourself, or you're not proving anything by beating them. And you know that it's such a long way to go back. So how difficult is that? It's tough. It is. There's no doubt about it. It's tough because you've been on such a like you're such a high. Yeah. Of, of level of intensity and, and concentration for the whole of the 120 minutes uh, previous and then the, the week before against Rosenborg now they were playing Shamrock Rovers and a, mm. the decent and good Rovers crowd and all of this so it would have been not similar to my experience but it, it wasn't a bad one for the community but it looked like it did uh, certainly catch up on them yeah I think the fatigue level caught up with them that day but for the season going on would all of those things be a factor in maybe a, a it might be yeah. the, the thing the Good thing is this, the FEI Cup. I'm sure they want to go and win the FEI Cup. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we're not writing off Dundalk, but it is hard to, I suppose, get back up and running again after such a, a sickening defeat. Even though Rosenberg were the better team, but 
I think you can follow my logic on why they weren't yeah. that much better. Like they weren't super. You know, yeah. Like yeah. as we record on Wednesday, you'd you'd fancy Celtic, which is the really frustrating thing because I yeah. think Dundalk could have given Celtic a rattle. I, I a couple of, maybe a year or two ago, he certainly would have been very very confident. But yeah. I, I think <laughs> to go off. League of Ireland topic because I think Celtic are, are a much better side now than they were a couple yeah. of years ago but isn't it great that we still have an Irish team to follow oh no wait a minute they're based in Scotland uh, ok that's it for this week uh, Kevin how can people direct their abuse at you I'm um, at kevdoc5 and you can get me on at Oshin Langan you may want me to clarify my comments on Celtic so let me be absolutely clear they are not an Irish club they are based in Scotland I hope they win I hope they get to the Champions League but don't expect me to follow them out as some kind of loyalty to being Irish it's just no, I, I just don't get it I don't get it all all, uh, all tweets to Kevin on that one no I didn't no, say no. that's why I, I kept very quiet on, on this I had a couple of Celtic jerseys when I was younger no no so, no I, so did I so did I but like only because I was following the sheep yeah or well, the, the cows f- as they were in Monaghan yeah <laughs> uh, okay uh, Kevin if you want all Celtic abuse sent your way rather than mine then stay silent now you're going to edit it anyway. Yeah, I absolutely. Am, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so after you clarified your comment about, so um, so now, <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> Just wrap <laughs> it up. Okay, that's it for this week. Um, thank you very much for listening. We will catch you again. Take care. Bye.